chapter 11 and verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And also in the Good News translation, to have faith is to be sure of the things that we hope for, to be certain of the things we cannot see. So for your consideration, once again, faith in action. The Bible tells us that faith is the reality of what is hoped for and the proof of what is not seen. So our faith then should see the answer. Our faith should never look at circumstances because everything that we do is by faith. And that's why Satan does everything in his power to destroy faith. And if he can destroy faith, Ultimately, he will make you ineffective when it comes to doing what God wants you to do. Amen. That's why nothing is more important in this dispensation of time, people of God. And I'm going to say that again. That's why it's nothing is more important in this dispensation of time than developing and putting your faith into action. <clears throat> now, I believe that faith is the supernatural empowerment to bring heaven down here to earth. Ultimately, when we leave earth, we're going to glory and we will be going to heaven. But in the meantime, amen, by faith, we will bring heaven down here to earth. And I am convinced that that is, faith is the holder of your destiny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's why you know, the Bible tells us the just shall live by faith. We find that in the Old Testament. We find it in the New Testament because that is our destiny. And that which God has already planned for us is to be people of faith. Hallelujah. And our destiny is tied to our faith. So why not begin to, if that is the case, then so why not now begin to talk, think, and act like God does, people of God? Are you willing to do that? That's important because you must be willing to do that. Faith is available to all. But not all people avail themselves of faith. Now, we've already read from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. We've read that in the King James. Now, here's what it says in the NIV. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and, in, and assurance about what we do not see. Mm. Confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So now there is something in this particular verse of scripture that we hope for, but which we don't see. So let's follow on and find out what that is. So it says in verse 1 in the Amplified also of Hebrews chapter 11. Amen. Hallelujah. And it says now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Now, lay hold of that last part of that particular verse, of this verse here in the Amplified Bible. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. 
Now, we know that, that, that sometimes all truth and, and facts can be, uh, they can be diametrically opposed to each other. But it is a real fact, people of God, that faith sees. That is a real fact. Not only is it a real fact, but it is also real truth. Faith sees. Second Kings chapter 6, verse 15. That is a, a familiar passage of scripture when we read in this account. But here it's saying, and when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, and hosts compassed the city, both with horses and chariots, and his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? Mm. So Elijah, the man of Elijah, the man of God, who had previously been the servant of Elijah, the great prophet and man of God, has now risen to the office or to the status of prophet to the nation. Mm -mm -mm. And he was now, and he now has a servant whose name was Gehazi. Now, that name Gehazi means valley of vision, valley of vision. But it's interesting because Gehazi did not really live up to the name that his parents had given him. He didn't have clear vision, although his name meant valley of vision. So the scripture says that Gehazi, he got scared when he went out and saw the Syrian king's army with horses and chariots surrounding the city where they were staying at that particular time. And watch this. In verse 17, in the Bible says, and Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open the eyes of the young man. And he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots round about Elijah. Now the question, weren't his eyes already open? They had to for him to be able to see the enemy. So yes, the answer to that is yes, his eyes were open. But now Elisha, the man of God, has prayed and said, Lord, open his, meaning Gehazi's, his servant's eyes. Yeah. So this tells me, people of God, that we have a pair of eyes that most folk don't have open. Yeah. Amen. Uh, mm -hmm. So God opened supernaturally the eyes of Gehazi, and he saw the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire, surrounding Elisha. Watch this. Now, it doesn't say anything about roundabout unbelief, but it says that the mountain was full of horses and chariots and fire roundabout Elisha, the man of God. So it was roundabout Elisha and not roundabout unbelief. So Gehazi was, if you will, Roundabout unbelief because he couldn't see what the man of God saw. Now, and it does say that the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elisha. And we know that a mountain is a symbol of authority, strength, and stability 
or it can be a symbol of something immovable or even impossible when it comes to the things of God. I know that all of us have had mountains in our way. There have been mountains of stability. Uh, there have been mountains of authority. There have been mountains of strength in our lives. But there also have been mountains that were immovable and that hindered our progress when it comes to the things of God. But hallelujah, we're not going to Mark chapter 11, but we know what to do when we have mountains that are immovable, that are impenetrable, and that are blocking our way. We have to do it like the Bible says over in Mark chapter 11 and speak to that mountain. Speak to that obstacle. And it has to be dissolved and get out of our way. Glory be to God. So Elisha prayed and he said, Lord, open his eyes. And when his, his servant's eyes were fully open, people of God, he not only saw the problem, but he also saw the solution. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And if your eyes are, are spiritually open, if you tap into that, what I like to call that sixth sense, which is that sixth sense of faith, not only will you see the problem, but you'll also be able to look beyond that problem and see the solution. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. That is, he saw that the enemy that surrounded him was itself surrounded by angels and chariots that were far more powerful than any earthly army. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So you maybe look, the enemy wants you to see what's directly in front of you, and it may not look good, but you need to tell him, hey, look, you got to get up out of here, devil, and on your way out, just take a look behind you and see what you got standing behind you. Hallelujah. Look what I have standing beside me. I've got goodness on one side, mercy on the other side, and I have a heavenly host of angels. Hallelujah. That are backing me up in the name of Jesus. In every situation that you can face, that you would ever face, people of God, don't just see the problem, but more importantly, again, see the solution. Know that the Lord is with you, people of God, and that his angels are always surrounding you. And that his promises, hallelujah, they apply to you. Glory be to God. Because he said in his word, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, he said that he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He says that he will complete the good work which he began in us. That's from Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. He says in his word that all things work together for good to them that love God. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. He says nothing separates us from his love. That's also in Romans chapter 8, verse 35 through 38. He says in his word that all of our needs are met according to his riches in glory. He says he is the God who heals us. Glory be to God. Exodus chapter 15 and verse 26. We need to see, people of God, the reality of the spiritual forces that are surrounding all of those enemies that surround us. Hallelujah. Happy is the people whose God is the Lord. That's what the Bible says in Psalm 144 and 15. In Nehemiah chapter 11 verse 10, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is 
your strength. And then it goes on to say in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 16, rejoice evermore. So who is this person who is happy? Who is this person that rejoices evermore? Well, I want to tell you today that it is the one whose eyes are open to see the reality of spiritual promises and the presence of Almighty God in their lives. Mm. Who is that sad, depressed, mm, discouraged, defeated person? Well, it's the one who sees the problem, but not the solution. So in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, it says that the Lord gives us eyes so that we may see. Yes. Hallelujah. Mm. Well, even though you might have thought you were doomed in times past, I suggest to you that you cannot even remember what you were worried about five years ago on this day, can you? Why? Because the promises of God stood then and they're yet standing now. God is faithful and he promised to guide and provide. And guess what? He did just that for you, did he not? Yeah. Hallelujah. Do you know someone who thinks that they're going down and going under and they're always in that eternal state of, of depression? Well, if you do know somebody like that, then do what Elisha did. First, you need to speak a word of exhortation to them. You need to speak a word of encouragement to them and tell them to fear not. Then you need to pray a prayer of intercession for that person. And say, Lord, open their eyes that they might see the sovereignty of you, Father God. And the promises of scripture, let them become a reality through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And as I was thinking about this and as I was meditating on it, amen, I found some lessons that were most reassuring to me, people of God. And that is that God has power to defend you. He has the power to protect you from any enemy, no matter who that enemy is. I want to tell you today that God will, he will defend you. He will deliver you through any attack that the enemy may send your way. He will carry you through any crushing or overwhelming circumstances. Even when people are ridiculing you, scoffing you or poking fun at you. Even when people are persecuting you and attacking you or even trying to assault you. Even during those times when people are cursing you and falsely accusing you or even spreading false rumors about you. Even in those times when people are hating on you and showing contempt for you or reacting against you with disgust and hostility. God is yet there with you and he will carry you through. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. God has the power to defend and protect us. From all enemies, human or spiritual, foreign or domestic. So when we are attacked spiritually or physically, our deliverance is found in the Lord. Why is that so? Because the Lord is our protector. He is our defender. He is our fortress. He is our shield and our shelter. And he is our hiding place. Hallelujah. So now I want you to listen to what God has to say. 
Hallelujah. This is what he says, because he is our protector. Therefore, thou shalt not in hair of your head perish. Write that scripture down. Luke chapter 21 and verse 18. Therefore, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. That's found in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13, and verses 14 through verses 18. Hallelujah. So all of that being said, I want you to know today that the Lord will fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. Why is that so? Because the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. That's in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and watch them and watch this and delivereth them. Hallelujah. Therefore, he shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. Hallelujah. We know that's in Psalm 91 and verse 4. Hallelujah. As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about all of you who are his people from henceforth, even and forevermore. Hallelujah. So not only is God our protector, but God is our defense. Watch what the Bible says in Psalm 5 and verse 11. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. God is not only our protector, but he is our defense. And not only that, but he is our fortress. Listen to what he has to say in 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 2. As he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Mm. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. He is my God and my strength in whom I will trust. He is my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. What's it say in Psalm 91 verse 2? It says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. My goodness and my fortress, my high tower, my deliverer, my shield, and he in whom I will trust, who subdueth all people under me. Psalm 144 and verse 2. Hallelujah. All this morning, I want you to know that the Lord is good. He is a stronghold for you in your day of trouble, and he knoweth you because you trusteth in him. Hallelujah. Nahum chapter 1 verse 7. God also is our shield. Mm, mm, mm. Fear not. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Yes, for our soul waiteth on you, Lord, 
for you are our help and our shield. For you, Lord, are God, you are a son and a shield. You are the Lord who gives us grace and glory. And no good thing will you withhold from them that walk uprightly before you, Lord. And we thank you for that on today. Therefore, people of God, in Psalm 115 and verse 9, it says, Trust thou in the Lord, for he is their help and their shield. And every good word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 5. I know I'm moving kind of fast on this morning. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. But glory be to God not only is our shield, but he is our refuge. I'm putting the word of God into action on this morning. Hallelujah. So stay with me here now. Stay with me. Deuteronomy chapter 33 and verse 27. The eternal God is thy refuge, saints of God, and underneath are the everlasting arms, and he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee and shall say, destroy all of those who come against you. Glory be to God. For in your time of concern, in your time of trouble, he shall hide you in his pavilion, and in the secret of his tabernacle will he hide you and he will set you up upon a rock. Hallelujah. Out of, out of the muck and the mire. Set your foot upon a solid rock and establish your glowing, your going. Glory be to God. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in our times of trouble. So it's up to you, people of God. Hallelujah. To do just like it says in Psalm 71 and 3. Be, hallelujah, strong in the Lord. Hallelujah. For the Lord has given commandment to save. Because he is our rock and our fortress. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and they are saved. Hallelujah. Therefore, in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. Psalm 27 and 5. Hallelujah. Listen to what it says in Psalm 31 and 20. Write the scripture down. Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man. Thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. For Lord, thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Selah. That's in Psalm 32 and 7. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord. God is such a good God. And he is worthy of our praises. So saints of God, don't allow the enemy to keep you in the natural realm. Because that is what the devil specializes in. But when you put your faith into action and you come up in the spirit and you begin to superimpose the invisible things, those things that are not seen, those spiritual things, when you superimpose them over the visible of those natural things that are seen, things will begin to change for you in your life. Hallelujah. People of God, here's good news for you. We are not supposed to fret or toil for anything. But it's just a matter of you 
putting your faith into action. That statement may not be important to you right now. But if there ever comes a time when you are faced with a negative situation, that's the time for you to put your faith to work. Hallelujah. Yeah, put it to work. Don't let it stay on vacation, people of God. Don't keep looking to become involved in situations where you don't have to use your faith. There are so many saints of God that are just looking at that, looking for a soft landing. There are so many saints of God who are always trying to hook up with a prayer partner who is going to do everything for them, pray for them, walk them through, talk them through, provide for them and everything else in life. But when you say, Lord, hallelujah, I'm forsaking all others. And it's just you and me, Lord. And I'm going to trust you. And I know that you are going to see me through. Hallelujah. Turn to St. Mark chapter 4, verse 35, if you will. Hallelujah. St. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. And the same day, when the even was come, he saith unto them, meaning Jesus saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other ships, small ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Ah. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? Well, people of God, some people are of the mind that God does things so that he can get you in a situation to strengthen your faith. And at times, he does do that to strengthen your faith. All right? And then there are other people who are of the mindset that at times that, that, that God sends bad situations to strengthen your faith. But in this particular scripture that we just read in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through verses 40, this situation wasn't going to strengthen the disciples' faith at all. In fact, it was going to cause their demise. In fact, it was going to kill them. So how did Jesus, people of God, stop to this storm? What did he do? He spoke to it. So when Jesus spoke to the wind and the sea, and when he said, peace, be still, what happened? The wind ceased because it obeyed him. Better still, the wind obeyed his faith. That's a better translation of that. The wind obeyed his faith. So what happened? Jesus released his faith. In other words, he put his faith into action. In your circumstances, people of God will obey yours, your faith, 
when you release your faith and put it into action. What is your faith? It is the same faith that God used when he created everything. You can dominate situations in your life when you use the faith of God, when you use the faith that he's already given to you. So the faith of God, people of God, it always acts. The faith of God always brings miracles. Glory be to God. The faith of God doesn't look at impossibilities. It just looks to God because faith knows that God is the author and the finisher of all things. The faith of God doesn't look at impossibilities. The faith of God looks at what can be done. And it always sees a way and it always gets results. So my question to you on this morning is, will you trust God to do the impossible for you in your life? Mm. Your faith is of little value until you put it into action. Your faith, your faith, your faith, hallelujah taps into everything that God has already provided for you by grace through faith. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to support this ministry, consider giving online. Text keyword R-W-O-L-F-C to 77977 or through our free app. Search R-W-O-L-F-C in the App Store. For more information, visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events.